we are in the middle of a series, and I'm not sure how long the series is going to last, but but we are looking at diving deep in a gospel, and it's a gospel of John. If you have your phone pulled out, got your Bible pulled out, we're in John chapter 1. Today we'll be starting in verse 19. There are four gospels in the New Testament, and these gospels tell a story. A gospel means good news, and they're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Good news of Jesus Christ. And each gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, present Jesus. I, I sort of call them the biographies of Jesus. But they're much more than that. They're just not telling us about who Jesus is. They're telling us what he said. They're telling us, they're, they're, they're telling us why he came. They're telling us how, why he is the good news and the Savior of the world. And so we really invite you to come and uh, join me today. We're in John chapter 1 beginning in verse 19, the first 18 verses have been a prologue. They've been a, a preamble. How I like to describe them is that what John's been doing is he's been setting up his gospel. And he, and, he, and he begins by saying this, in the beginning. He's saying, in the beginning. And what he means by that is like, hey, we all, we all know those words, right? In the beginning, they talk about creation. And what John is saying, that there is a new creation, that, that something new is happening. It's powerful. And, and it's and it's full of life and, it, and there's light and darkness and uh, and it's about transformation it's about how this whole world is going to be made new and how our lives can be made new and he tells us about this word that's become flesh and his name is Jesus and he's full of grace and he's full of truth and then all of a sudden he ends this beautiful uh, int introduction verse 18 and verse 19. He goes back and he talks about this man named John. And that's that's where we are. And he really, it's really funny why he goes back here. There's something very important for us that that really after verse 18 on, it's about how do people respond to this good news? How do people respond to Jesus? How are you going to respond to Jesus? How have you responded to Jesus in the past? How are we going to continue to respond to Jesus? Here's what God has done. How are we going to respond? And so he introduces us to a guy named John again and again and again. And it's really an archetype of what it means to be a follower, a witness, to testify all of what God has done. And so I'm going to begin in verse 19, and I'm going to read into verse 20, 23 there. And it's all about what happens is these, these people from Jerusalem come. They're sort of the ones who oversee all of the right teaching. And uh, they sort of oversee what's happening in the movement. And they're a little curious about John. John's way out in the wilderness. And people are leaving the headquarters of Jerusalem. And they're going out into the wilderness. And, and they're repenting. And, and they're being baptized by John. And the religious people are saying, what's going on here? That, that we need to go check this out. That, that who is this guy named John? So they send priests and they send Levites. And the Levites are sort of the security control. And they're, and they're going out to check out who John is. And John tells them three times, I am not. And then beginning in verse 23, he says, I am. And it's a part of three I am's. We'll look at one this today and, and two more next week. But please join me here in verse 19 of John 1. Now, this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask John who he was. And he did not fail to confess, but he confessed freely, I am not the Messiah. Well, they asked him then, 
then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? No. <laughs> Finally, they said, well, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? And John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. Our friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And so after this beautiful preamble, this prologue, we are introduced to John again. What we know about John is John is someone who's been sent by God. And he's, he's a man on a mission. And he, and he says that he's not the light, but he's come to testify about the light. That, 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 that the story is not about John, but John has come to tell us to be a witness to the story. Or like to say today is that John is not the point of the story. He's the pointer. John is saying, it's not about me. That, that, that this good news is not about me, but I know who it is. And so what happens is, is that these religious leaders come all the way from Jerusalem. They go out into the country and they're priests and, and, and they're Levites and they're the Pharisees. And they're coming out saying, hey, who are you? What a powerful question. What a deep soul question. All of us have had to answer that question, right? Who am I? Who am I? Well, you, many of you know or might not know, for the, like, the last eight years, I've been the chaplain for the Knoxville Quarterback Club. Yes, I am responsible for the demise of UT football. It's my responsibility. That's right. And so, and so during the fall, every Monday, I, I drive to, to Calhoun's on the river, and I have to sort of – and I pray over these folks. And it's like I've been in the book of Lamentations for about 10 years now. Now just pray, God, will you help my friends here? God, we, we just want to see some hope. And I, I, I remember one one day, you know, we sort of bring these coaches in, and this and, and this coach came in and he said, he said, What I do is I coach football, but that's not who I am. I said, Huh. He says, that's right. You guys know me as a football coach. But I'm much bigger than that. I'm also a husband. I'm a father. Now, I didn't really come, and people that really don't come to the quarterback club to, to hear a football coach talk about his identity. They come to talk about, they want to hear about football. They want to hear about our offense, the defense, and how we're going to beat Alabama, if we're ever going to beat Alabama and Florida, all these things. But I, I still remember that. He said, he said, I am much more than a football coach. I'm a husband. I'm a father. And, and when we and we, when we answer these questions, who are you? We say, well, I sort of work here. Or I sort of live my life through my children. And, and, and or I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican. Or I, I'm an American. But it's, it's much more than that. It's not what we do. It's, it's, a, it's a powerful question. They're coming to ask, John, who are you? We don't know who you are. We want to know who you are. And we can learn something from John here. Three times he says, I am not. I am not. 
Have you ever said that? I'm not this. I am not this. I nor am I that. First time, what they say, who are you? And John says, I am not the Messiah. I am not the Christ. And these words, his answer, have been with me for a long time. Because I think the reason why John has John right here in the beginning is to tell us what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It means this, that we aren't Jesus. We are not the Messiah. We are not the Savior. There is a Savior. There is a Messiah. But we are not the Messiah. But what we do, if we're walking with Jesus, is that, is that we actually look to people and we look to personalities and we say, no, I want to be like them or I want to follow them. And if we're not pointing to Jesus, then we shouldn't follow them. And then when these personalities, these people fall, then we're crushed. The role of a disciple of Jesus is to point people to Jesus. We are not the point. We are the pointers. We are not the Christ. You cannot save your family. Jesus can. No, let's just, Jesus can. You can't save your marriage. Jesus can. You can't save this nation. You can't save this city. Jesus can. He is the Messiah. He is the fulfillment of all of God's promises. He is the great yes. And we are not the point, but we're the pointers. That's right. John says, I am not the Christ. And you know what? He had a moment here to say, you know what? Yeah, I am the man. I am the man attraction. Yes, I am the good news. He doesn't. He says, I am not. And I believe life begins when we say, I am not the Christ. But some of us, we actually believe that, that we can save ourselves. We can save our family. We can save our children. We can save our grandchildren. We can save our company. And so we work and we invest. We put all this money. So when our kids don't do what we want them to do, right? When our nation turns away, then what we don't want it to happen, right? When all these things happen, then we get all messed up. And we realize what? We're putting all these things, these expectations to save us, to save us, to bring our hope. You know what? They all fall down. Jesus is the only hope. He is the way the truth, and the life. And John says, I am not the Christ. I am not the Christ. And there's so much freedom in saying that. There's so much life in saying that. I am not the Christ. Oh, there are many times I said, well, you know what? I can save this church. That's right. I remember when the, when the pandemic hit and we, we stopped in-person worship, I said, Oh my goodness, I think I worked a hundred hours. I wanted to, to God, pull it together. We're going to rescue everybody. And my wife says, What are you doing? I got to save the church. She goes, No, it's Jesus' church. It's not your church, it's Jesus' church. Jesus saves. 
he can save our younger generations. So they, so they keep going. They keep going after after John. They said, well, okay, okay, well, let's see. Box one, he's not the Messiah. Box two, Elijah. That's what the prophet said at the at the end of the Old Testament, that, that Elijah was going to come. That before the Messiah, there was going to be the fullback. That's right. There was going to be Elijah. That he was going to come. That, that he hasn't really died. That he's going to come back. And so he's got to be Elijah. And John says, nope, I'm not Elijah. Now, Jesus does say later on in the scripture that John came in the power of Elijah. His ministry, he came in the spirit of Elijah. But, but he wasn't Elijah. And so they're going through their, their box. Well, he's not the Messiah. And he's not the person who's supposed to come. Oh, wait, I, I, I actually remember Deuteronomy. There, there's, a, there's another prophecy about a prophet. A prophet like Moses is going to come. And so it's got to be the prophet. To ask him, is he the prophet? And John says, no. I'm not. Three times he says, I am not. I'm not. I'm not the Messiah. I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. So much freedom in that. John says, I'm not the point. I'm not the main attraction. I'm not the main event. And so they're lost. Well, listen, we've got to go back and give an answer. So who are you? John, saying from the book of Isaiah, he says, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight, some translations say the highways, or make straight the way for the Lord. What we know is the wilderness, it's dangerous, it's wild. We know that the wilderness reminds us of the people of, who were enslaved and God brought them out and, and they, they parted the Red Sea and they came in the wilderness for 40 days. I mean, excuse me, 40 years. I got to get my, my, my Old Testament right. And the wilderness was a time of testing and trying. It was, it was a, the wilderness was a time of, of them laying down all the Egyptian idols that they had begun to worship. So that they could lift their hands high. And they began to distrust the one who could lead them. He gave them manna and quail. The one who was with them. And guide them and direct them. And it's in the wilderness that God showed up in powerful ways. You see, it was in the wilderness that, that when a king came in the wilderness, that people that, that there was no highway. There was no T-dot. There was no some magical highway. They had to make a way that people had to go and they had to they had to flatten things down. They had to take up the brush. They had to make a way so that when the king came, that, that the king and all his entourage would have a way for them to go. And, and, and what is so neat here is that, that John says, you know what? I am the voice. 
We're saying is that I know the word and the word is Jesus. And I am not the word. But I have been sent to be a voice. I'm the voice in the wilderness. Usually that idiom when someone says, I'm just a voice in the wilderness. That means that person's crazy. They have this lone idea. We, we never, ever probably respect or agree when someone's a voice in the wilderness. They're like, I'm out here by myself. No one can hear me. And Jonah says, I'm out here in the wilderness as the voice for the word. The word needs a voice. How are people going to hear about Jesus if we are not the voice? God has given you a voice. A voice to share about the word Jesus. This is not a time for us as a church to be silent. This is a time for us to be the voice. Even in the wilderness, to say Jesus is the way, he is the hope, he is the life. And you may be in the desert right now. You may be in the wilderness and there is hope. There is one who has made a way. And we're going to tell you about that way to get out of the desert. And his name is Jesus. He is the way out of the wilderness. He is the way out of the desert. Now we are to be the voice. And we are to be the choir. And we are to be the ones who go and herald and say, his name is Jesus. He is the hope. We are not the word. He is the word. We are the voice. He has gifted you with a voice. He has called us to be the voice of the word. He's not asking you right now to stay in the wilderness. He's calling you out of the wilderness to be his voice. To follow him. To walk with him. To know him. To be rescued by him and to be changed into his likeness. But it can only begin when we lay down our lives. I remember when you could go to a football game, but I remember going to go see Tennessee in one of its spring games. And they had this funny, oh, the guys were uh, catching punts. And so they had one ball, and they should shoot the ball up in the air, like 40 yards, catch another. And then they would catch another, and you would watch them. They, they could catch about eight of them. They kept, And then they would drop, and you're like, oh, that's funny. they do it again and do it again, and they kept catching all these balls. And many of us, that's, that's what we've done. We, we haven't answered the question, who are you? A follower of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus. I am, I am God's son. I'm God's daughter. We haven't. So what we've done is we just kept, we just catching the next thing, right? We, 
I'm an employee. I, I own this company, right? I'm retired. I'm a person who's been wounded. I've been hurt. I've been identified by my parents on past, all this stuff. And we catch all this stuff. And this stuff just weighs us down. But the good news of the gospel is to drop all that. And there's a voice in the wilderness that's saying, I haven't forgotten about you. I know you're in the wilderness. The wilderness doesn't scare me, God says. He goes, I'm at home in the wilderness. I can make streams in the desert. I can make a way in the wilderness. And I made a way to come after you. And now I want you to receive me. Open up your life and welcome me. Today I'm just a voice. I'm pointing to Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe there's some things you need to let go. You need to repent. You need to turn away. Maybe this Super Bowl Sunday is the day that you realize that there is a team who's cheering for you that is more powerful that's overcome this world. That you are not alone. That you are precious and treasured. I've been redeemed and rescued for the blood of Jesus. Maybe today God is saying, who is going to be the voice to go after our younger generations who are living in a dark world, an aimless world, that we need a church that's willing to be the voice of the younger generation. Maybe today is the day you're saying, you know what? I want to go after that. I want to go after I want to be the voice. I am being called to be the voice. Maybe God's calling you to do that. Maybe there's someone that God's put on your heart right now that you need to call and text and say, I love you. Praying for you. Let's talk about Jesus. It's not a day to be silent. It's a day to speak up about the word of God who has come in Jesus. This truly can be a super, super day. Please pray with me. Gracious God, you are the one who has come. And we do a lot of preparation in our lives, Lord. We prepare our taxes. Lord, we prepare for storms. But Lord, there is one thing you've asked us to do right now is to drop down and prepare ourselves to receive Jesus. Today is that day. Today is the day, Lord, that you have made, that you want us to welcome Jesus into our life. If you're watching online right now, we have people right now ready to pray for you. You want to receive Jesus today to be your Lord and Savior, to be your way out of the wilderness, to trust him with your life, with your business, with your family, with your children, with your grandchildren. Click on that. Text. Become a follower of Jesus today. Lay down your life. Allow for Jesus to be the Lord and leader and Savior of your life. Lord, today, maybe you've waken us, asked us to come alive as a church. Ask people, Lord, to be the voice 
to go after our younger generations, to not give up until everyone has come to faith in Jesus. God, renew the passion. Awaken us, Lord, to the truth that Jesus is the word. You've asked us to be the voice. Lord, there are some things that we said, yes, we are, but they have fallen short. They're nothing. You've only asked us to say yes to be your sons and daughters. God, help us to say we are not and say I am. I am a child of God. I am beloved. I am an heir. Oh, Lord, I ask right now for every car that's here, every family represented, everyone watching who will watch it later, everyone who's listening right now, God, I pray blessing over them. I pray, God, anointing over them, God. I pray that you will come. You know the pains and the hurts. And I pray, God, that you will hear their cries in the wilderness and that, God, that you will come and that you will make a way to them right now, God, and that you will say, I am here. You are not alone. You are the lion and the lamb. You are the most beautiful name. You're the holy of all holies. So that one day that you come in your fullness, Lord, we pray right now, God, that we will be the voice and that we will hear your voice crying, Lord, for us to come to you and that you will come and that we will trust you to be the word of our lives. We ask all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.